Hi, how are you? And welcome back to the Redcoat History Channel. Today is a short bonus podcast episode. It's an interview with Chris Simpson from the band Forlorn Hope. Not heard of them yet? Well, this is them playing in the background. And if that hasn't tickled your fancy, then your fancy clearly isn't tickleable. Now, if you've been following the Peninsula War season of this podcast, then you may remember back in the first episode, I used some Forlorn's Hope music with permission. But then annoyingly, it got flagged for copyright infringement, despite having the permission of the BAM. It's a real shame as I'm a big fan of their music and would have loved to have carried on using it. But they've now got a new track out and this seemed like a good time to interview them. So I suspect after this, you're going to be a fan too. My name's Chris Simpson. I am the lead singer and rhythm guitarist for Forlorn Hope. And we are a five-piece heavy metal band from uh, Liverpool in the UK. And we play what we like to call historical heavy metal. We play um, yeah, he um, heavy metal telling stories uh, from military history in a, in a nutshell. Brilliant. Well, before we, we sort of dive into you guys then, I'm, I'm kind of interested in this concept. I know there's, I mean, the only other band I know that I would say uh, fit into that genre that I know is Sabaton. But is, is it a genre that's actually quite big um, and maybe we should go exploring a bit more? <laughs> um, well, I don't know about big. I'd say it's fairly niche, but there's definitely more than just us and Sabaton that you can get into. I mean, obviously there's been, you know, for decades you've had metal bands diving into military history and obviously i think iron maiden are probably the most famous for that you know with the trooper and run to the hills and all sorts of i don't think they've really done an album where they haven't got at least one sort of vaguely historical thing on there um and then and load and yeah there's loads of metal bands that have picked that up here and there, here and there and then obviously sat i think and then um I think Grave, Grave Digger have done a lot of stuff about Scottish history. I think they were they might have been the first ones to do, you know, an exclusively historical sort of concept album. And now, obviously, you've got Sabaton, who have just gone massive in recent years. Um, and obviously, they were they were a massive inspiration for for us coming up, uh, you know, starting this project. But you've also got I think there's about there's Civil War also from Sweden made of ex uh, Sabaton members. Um, and I, I recently came across a US band called Fire Force who do a lot of uh, historical stuff. And yeah, there's still lots of bands doing, you know, bits and pieces of historical stuff. So it's 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 very it's very fertile ground for, you know, metal metal lyrics and stuff like that. And to be and I think it's a good marriage, I think, because it's the I think because of the nature of the genre and that sort of that sort of aggression and the way the sound and you know, just the nature of the sound, I think you can sort of convey certain convey those stories in a way that other genres maybe can't maybe they don't don't quite have the sound to capture it yeah and i mean even even within uh sort of you know your your genre what made you decide to then focus even even more tightly at least initially i know you're branching out now but at least initially on the peninsula war what was it that inspired you and made you think this could make a fantastic album well i i think that was um that that came from me um, because I've been into that history probably since around the time I was at uni. And 
uh, like quite a lot of people. Um, I've got Bernard Cornwell to blame for that. That was my that was my entry point. And I think that is the case for so many people. Um, you know, there's fantastic books and TV series, but that you know that led me on to the actual substantive history, and you know, picking up books here and there, going to museums, um, and yeah, and there are just it's a, it's a, it's such a fantastic dramatic chapter of history. There's big characters. Uh, and I think, and I, so I think, you know, at the time I was, you know, I'll be reading that and I was thinking, oh, this would make a really, this would make, you could do some really good songs about this. And I think also part of the attraction to it was that, generally speaking, it's not a very well-known period, you know, apart from Cornwall, it's not really touched on in popular culture that much. Um, so it's, you know, you could you could go to it and feel like you were doing doing something fairly fresh. You wouldn't feel like you were just retreading the same um, stories that have been done by a billion other movies and bands before. Um, so I had that idea. I, I sort of had that germ of an idea years and years ago. And then in about 2015, most of us used to be in another band together in 2015 called Cathar. That split up in about the summer of 2015. And about six months after that, I started playing around with these song ideas, just thinking of do them casually for, you know, just for fun. And Alex, our uh, guitarist, helped me out with them because obviously that was, I was quite new to proper songwriting at that point. And, you know, we, we wrote a couple of, we wrote a few songs that we were sort of happy with and kind of just left them on a file on, a, on his computer, not thinking we'd do anything with them. And then the current lineup were, we were playing covers together just for a bit of fun a few years back. And Danny, our drummer, says, well, should we do, you know, should, should we do something original? And I think, hmm, well, I've got this idea. And I, I didn't think for a minute they'd go for it. I thought they'd go, no, that is way too niche. There's no way we're doing that. Um, but yeah, they uh, they went along with it. And it's uh, it's it's turned out really well. I'm glad they did. Brilliant. And uh, even my even my six year old loves. Uh, well, he particularly loves the the song about the rifles. He's a big fan of that song. So it crosses oh. age and and uh, nationality barriers. Well, that warms my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that was that was a little bit of your new song. Can you tell us what it's called and what it's all about and when it's yeah, out? Sure, really excited about this one. Um, this is our new upcoming new single called To The Bitter End. And we've um, jumped forward about 100 years from the first album. Uh, we're in the First World War, we're in 1916. And this is a story I became aware of um, back in 2015 on a battlefield tour. Um, and then sort of did it thought, and then sort of made a mental note of it and thought, ooh, that'd make a good song. Um, <laughs> which I'm doing a lot whenever I'm reading anything. Um, did a bit more, did a bit more reading and found out that it's, it's actually a more, it, it's, it's actually a more obscure action than I would have originally thought so basically the um it's we we tend to call it, we we normally we describe it as the the defense of frankfurt trench and so we are in november uh 1916 uh, november the 18th last day of the battle of the somme and the 97th brigade if memory serves are attacking the german positions on redan ridge last push to try and gain some ground before the winter before the somme offensive comes to a close um 
they it's generally a pretty botched attack um but uh a few uh, a few troops do quite well in the centre where the lines are closer, and they manage to get past the German front line and into the second line trench. Then the Germans mount a very successful counterattack, retake the front line, and the attack is bloodily repulsed. It's to be honest, pretty much an abject failure. Um, but there, this has left about 130 men trapped in the German second line trench, which is known as Frankfurt Trench. Um, they're about an even split between the 16th Battalion Highland Light Infantry and the 11th uh, Border Regiment, um, and a few from the uh, second uh, King's Own Yorkshire Light Infantry thrown in there as well. And yeah, they, they basically, they're a bit at the start, they're not exactly sure what's going on, whether they might, whether, because their orders are to, their orders were to get, get into the second line trench and hold it for 48 hours. Um, so they stay put sort of in hope that, you know, a further attack might come, that they might be rescue or that, that, that maybe there might be a rescue attempt or something. Um, but obviously they are, they are completely cut, they are completely cut off. They have, um, uh, they have very little in the way of uh, food and food and water. Uh, a lot of them are very horrifically injured and there's very little in the way of any sort of medicine or anyone with medical training to look after them. And they are completely surrounded. There is uh, all, all attempts to rescue them fa um, fail completely. A couple of them managed to sneak back across the frontline trench to report the position to uh, back, back to the brigade command. Um, but despite all attempts that it's there, they Aren't, they are not able to be rescued, but they managed, despite they're surrounded, uh, surrounded by the Germans, but they managed to hold the trench for eight days, despite being under constant attack. And by the eighth day, when they do, when they are finally overrun, um, event the by all accounts, the final, the final fight isn't much of a fight because they're so their numbers are so depleted, they're so weak and exhausted um, that it's pretty much a walkover. But um, by the end, there are only 15 of the original 130 that are still, you know, able to that are still sort of on their feet. And there's a there's a lovely story in the in the one of the battalion histories that the um, this German brigadier that the, they're sort of paraded before this German brigadier to inspect them, and he says. And, and he looks at them and he says, is this what's held up the brigade for more than a week? Um, I really I really hope it's true. I really hope it's not apocryphal. But you never but you never know, because it's uh, it's a sketchily reported incident. And it was quite fun researching it, having to look at all these different all these different accounts and try and pull out um, try and pull out a solid narrative from that. But it's a fantastic story. It's so dramatic. It's so cinematic. And so many people. And it's so really and it's so, you know, little known. It was the perfect sort of stuff for us. Um, and we're, re we're really proud of the new single. It's a uh, standalone piece it's not you know from another album or anything it is its own thing and we've done um for the cd release we've done what we what we decided to call uh, an audio history so on the cd you get a single and then you get about a 45 minute um deep dive into the history of it on on that seat on that cd is 45 minute it's, re it's really detailed. We get right into it, get, get right into the chronology. It's really good. And you can only get get that on the CD. So, yeah, it should be it should be a real treat for the history fans. And how can people get hold of that if they're interested? You can pre-order that right now at forlornhope.uk uh, slash store. 
and um, all and it will be released in and and yeah, it'll be coming out in Feb coming out in February. So you said this isn't going to be part of an album. So mm -hmm. what, what what is your next theme? Are you sticking with the Peninsula War for future albums, or are you going to bounce around? Okay, well, right. We are we are we are moving on to pastures new. We're exploring new things. You know, we were never. Um, that, that it was never going to be a, a Napoleonic metal band or a sharp metal band, as some people have described us. Um, yeah, but now we've got, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to go into too much detail just because, like I say, we like to play it closer to our chest until we start, you know, promoting the releases. But we've got, we've got, we've, but we've, we've got one more standalone single to come. Um, which will probably be which we recorded at the same time as Bitter End. Um, we kept that pretty much, pretty well under wraps. Everything that's about that's coming out um, sometime in the summer, um, and that's a really exciting one because we've kind of taken it's a it's a sort of different approach to a historical subject than what we've taken before. It's sort of addressing a much wider period of time than you know one particular battle or incident and dealing with you know bigger ideas and bigger themes it was it, it it was a lot of work to write but i'm really excited for it i think it's gonna be great um and i think that i think the listeners of your podcast as well are gonna be really into that um and then we are currently i mean we, we have no idea what 2021 is going to bring in terms of gigs or anything like that P planning for the future at the moment is just pretty much impossible but our second full-length album is in the works. We are working on writing that, probably most of the way there by now. Um, and that one is going to be, that's going to be a broader concept than the first one. So rather than focusing on one particular conflict, we're looking at, um, set, we're looking at lots of different uh, little episodes from different conflicts over a set period of a about thing of about a hundred years, um, and we have a common and we have a common theme, common thread that's tying all of those together. Um, it should be should be really exciting. It should be a really good mix of um, you know sort of stories and incidents that pe ones people you know will be aware of and ones that they probably never heard of before. before. So that's going to be really exciting. And I have to say the the songs that we've written for that so far are really strong we're really proud of them i think it's gonna i think it's definitely for if people for the people who enjoyed the first album it's definitely gonna top that brilliant and do you think that um this sort of genre of metal is actually a really good way to introduce people to these aspects of history that let's face it they don't they don't get covered in school very few people will be reading these, uh, well, very, very few non-geeks like us will be reading these history books. <laughs> Do you think this is a way to open up the subject to a, to a broader audience? Do you think this could be a way to, to help teach younger kids and, and instill their history inside them? I really hope so. Um, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know about, I don't know about kids, uh, kids specifically, prob probably good for the metalhead kids. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, but I, I think it, I, I would hope that, you know, touching on these new, touching on these, you know, less well-known subjects in a, in that sort of quite accessible way, um, that, that quite exciting, accessible way, you know, is, I, I, I would be, it would, hmm. I really hope that you know people would listen to those and go, "Ooh, I don't know about that. Let's go find out what that. Let's go find out what that's all about." And you know, 
and I think that can happen at any age as well. You know, I think um, I think, you know, something can spark your interest in history, whatever whatever age you are. It's something, you know, you can come to in later life, um, as I think a lot of people do. Um, so, yeah, fingers crossed. I think and I think I think that's always something I'm quite conscious of when I'm writing lyrics. And I think that's a sort of I think that's one of the main reasons why I will always try very hard to keep songs accurate and sort of to try and try and keep the sense of them as sort of as honest and accurate and not sort of not mis not misrepresent history for sort of you know dramatic purposes if i can because i'm conscious that you know not everyone coming to this is going to listen is going to is you know going to have the knowledge to maybe listen to it and go oh i see what he's done there oh he's diverted from the real history there for dramatic purposes but i know it happened this way you know <laughs> i think most people are going to take it like they do if they're watching you know a historical movie and they might and they'll take it at face value so i wouldn't want them you know i i, I think there's I think when you're dealing with real stories about real people's lives and often real people's deaths, I think there's a responsibility to try and, you know, be as as, as accurate and honest as you can with stuff like that. So I hope you enjoyed that unscheduled episode, guys. In two and a half weeks' time or so, middle of February, I'll be back with another interview, this time with Rob from British Muzzleloaders, friend of the show. He'll be back talking about the Baker rifle, so you don't want to miss that. The following month, I've got an interview with Dr. Mark Thompson, all about the lines of Torres Vedras. And then I might take a short break from the Peninsula War as I've got some other interviews with authors who have books coming out that I thought might interest you. Drop me a line and let me know how you feel about that. If you're happy for me to break the flow a little bit and just uh, drop in some different subjects from time to time. I'll be honest, I didn't really want to, but I do want to do interviews with some of these authors and they're very, very relevant to our, to our interests. So I thought it might be a good idea. Also, sometimes I just need a break from, from one particular conflict if I've been working on it for a long time. I hope that makes sense. All right, guys, keep in touch. Bye-bye.